Russia today launching a fresh barrage of drones and missiles on Ukraine. It's the fourth major attack since December 29th, and it's raising concerns that Moscow is trying to overwhelm Ukraine's air defenses. Ukraine says that more than 20 of the air attack weapons were stopped by countermeasures. The U.S. has stopped contributing to Ukraine's air defenses after dispute between Democrats and Republicans on Capitol Hill uh, cut off funding. Let's bring in now Ann Applebaum. She's a staff writer for The Atlantic, a Pulitzer Prize-winning historian, and the author of several books, including The Twilight of Democracy, about the polarization of politics. So good to see you, Anne. Thank you. So Russia continues to uh, pound away at Ukraine's air defenses. Is Moscow's shifting, is it, is it that Moscow is shifting its strategy, uh, and the goal for now is to erode Ukraine's air capabilities? So Moscow has been unable to win a conventional war. They can't defeat Ukraine's forces. So what they're trying to do is wear out Ukraine and also wear out Ukraine's alliances. Uh, they're trying to persuade us that they can keep going, they can keep bombing Ukraine, nothing is bothering them, nothing will stop them. That's, of course, not true. Uh, Russia's facing all kinds of problems of its own. There are blackouts actually all over the country today. Um, you know, heating is going down, um, you know, many financial and other difficulties. Um, but they're, they're doing a good job of convincing us not to give them money. And what we need to do is um, face the problem, uh, you know, work together, uh, remember what's important and hold out, help Ukraine and make sure that they win. Is it your feeling that Russia right now is benefiting from the eyes of the world, kind of shifting to the conflicts in the Middle East right now? Um, Russia is benefiting from it and even encouraging it. There's some evidence that Russia has been encouraging anti-Semitism. There's actually evidence of that in France. It's trying to create more division. Um, it's trying to draw attention to that part of the world. Of course, Russia's ally, Iran, uh, is playing a big role in, in spreading the conflict and in amplifying the conflict. So, yes, absolutely, uh, that's, that's part of the story. Mm -hmm. Ukraine, you know, has said and continues to say it's not going to negotiate anything. I mean, what's it going to take for Vladimir Putin to respond to global pressure of withdrawing or ending what they're doing altogether? So the question isn't that whether you, you know, Ukraine should negotiate. Ukraine has no one to negotiate with. You know, for there to be negotiation, there have to be two partners. And right now, as I said, the Russians are trying to show they're not going to negotiate. They won't negotiate. They're going to hold out. Um, they're going to wait for us to give up. Uh, and so really the best response we could do, really there are two responses. One, um, Congress, and in particular the Republicans who've been blocking aid to Ukraine should get its act together, um, renew, the, renew the funding, renew the deliveries of weapons that we've been doing so successfully for the last year. And secondly, um, the White House and together with other Western countries should look at using frozen Russian assets, this is money that was frozen at the beginning of the war, mm -hmm. um, to begin paying reparations to Ukraine um, so that Ukraine can rebuild itself and continue fighting. And in fact, we learned yesterday that, that, that top Biden administration officials have spent the last year quietly trying to figure out how to divert you know, billions of dollars in that frozen Russian money uh, to cash-starved Ukraine. I mean, you wrote about this in The Atlantic last month, um, that it is, it has made, the Biden administration has made that effort quietly. Has there been any progress, do you believe, um, quietly in that year's time? 
Yeah, I understand there has been progress. I mean, part of the problem is that not all that money is in the United States. In fact, most of it's not. It's in Europe. Um, and so this is, has to be an allied effort. And, you know, there are pros and cons. There are, um, there, you know, there there is a risk that freezing Russian assets could affect other other kinds of financial transactions. But I really think that at this point, the situation is urgent, um, both, the, <clears throat> both the military situation, but also the psychological situation. As I said, this is a kind of game. Uh, the United States needs to win the game. It needs the West to win the game. And one of the ways we could do that is by uh, taking those frozen Russian assets, giving them to Ukraine, and showing Russia that we're in this for a long, the long term, um, and that will sooner or later convince the Russians that the war is not worth their time. It's not, they aren't going to win. They're losing uh, tens, hundreds of thousands of people, millions of dollars worth of equipment. Um, and we need to continue to show them that we're willing to stay with Ukraine uh, until they make that decision to leave. All right. Anne Applebaum, great to have you. Thank you so much. Thank you.